0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read this text again from 1 John. It's very short, unlike the text from Leviticus and Hebrews. (laughs) It was long, but there was a lot there. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love... Does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's 1 John 4 and verses 7 through 10. Love, 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 propitiation. Actually, love is repeated 10 times, not including beloved, before we get to propitiation. John speaks to his beloved, and he says we are to love one another. We have, uh, and we love one another because we are loved by God. We are loved by God, Because God is love. And what is God's love? To understand that, we need to look at this uh, definition that he gives in verse 10. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So God's love is defined by propitiation for our sins. To help make this concept more clear... I want to look at these lessons from the Old Testament. And that's why I picked Leviticus 16, which is the Day of Atonement. And uh, that's that's the prescription of how the Day of Atonement is to be observed. And also from Hebrews 9, which helps us to understand the Day of Atonement and understand atonement in general and understand propitiation and what that means exactly. So first, we read from Leviticus 16. God had appointed Aaron as the priest, but you'll notice that Aaron could not even enter the holy place without first uh, making atonement through the prescribed sin offering. He was uh, also to make atonement for the sin of all the people of Israel by sprinkling the blood of the bull over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. The mercy seat, by the way, is the object that sits on top of the Ark of the Covenant. But the mercy seat is the place of God's dwelling. So God dwelt among his people in Old Testament Israel right there in the mercy seat. And uh, for that reason, there was a veil you know, that covered the mercy seat. So Aaron, the priest, or the priest that followed him, wouldn't be exposed to God's presence on the mercy seat and, and be uh, struck down. So there was a veil that covered it. And then when they, went, when they entered behind the veil, besides the offerings that they were to, to make that were prescribed, they used incense because the smoke covered God's holiness. It, it covered God so that it provided the cover that they needed. So God prescribed this very particular way that things were to be done. Um, And once Aaron or the priest that would come after him uh, had made atonement for the holy place, they also made atonement for the tent of meeting and atonement for the altar. Once all that was done, then he was to present a live goat. And the priest would lay his hands on the goat, on the head of the goat, and make confession on behalf of all of the people of Israel, he would confess their sins and they would put them on that goat. And then the the uh, once all the sins were placed on the goat, of course, this is the scapegoat. This is where the word scapegoat comes from. Then the goat would be taken out into the wilderness and released. And as the goat is released, and goes off into the wilderness, so do their sins. Taken away. Their sins are taken away. Um, this is the day of atonement, and this was to be done every year in the 10th month. They had a very, or is it the seventh, the 10th day of the 7th month? I, I can't remember, I'm sorry. The particular day is not, not consequential for us, but the fact is that they did this once a year to make atonement for all of the sins of Israel. Now we come to the passage from Hebrews 9, where we see that the sacrificial system of the Old Testament was a picture of what was ultimately to come in Jesus Christ. As we read in Hebrews, Jesus Christ entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, Remember, that's how the priest would enter is they would make atonement by the means of the blood of goats, calves, bull, uh, but by means of his own blood, thus security securing an eternal redemption. And further, uh, Hebrews says, for Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, By the sacrifice of himself this reminds me of uh, paul's writing to the colossians when he's speaking about the old testament ceremonial laws and he says these are a shadow of the things to come but the substance belongs to christ see all of this that was happening in the old testament sacrificial system was a picture And what what God is telling us is that the true substance of that is Christ himself. And Christ is the propitiation for our sins. Generically speaking, propitiation means to make amends for wrongdoing. Specifically, as God uses the term, it refers to what Jesus has done once and for all. By offering himself as the scapegoat. Not just for the people Israel. Not just for the nation of Israel. So many years ago. But for the true Israel. Which is all of the church. But even beyond that he took upon himself. This, your sins and the sins of the whole world. He took those sins away from you. As far as the east is from the west. Those sins are removed from you. Propitiation means that Christ has done this for you, and that God will not direct His wrath toward you, but rather has adopted you as His own beloved child. This is the love of which, uh, which, which is of God, and which God is. This is love. This is true love in its truest sense. His love is preemptive. You notice that? He loved you before you loved him. And his love for you was not contingent on your first, you first loving him. He acts first. His love is preemptive. The illustration I've used in the past for this is, is uh, the, the sort of picture of your low point in your life, whatever that might be. That low point, the point where you were the furthest away from God, where you were mired in sin. And you could look on, on it now, and perhaps, and, and you can see that point in your life. Utter rebelliousness, whatever. That's the point. At that point, Jesus looks at you and says, yes, I will die for you. Not because of... It's not because you were such a lovely person and he just said, oh, I just, I have to have you in heaven. You're so, such a graceful, you have such a a gracious disposition and uh, you're so well behaved and everything else. No, he didn't, he didn't do that. God's love is preemptive. God comes to us first when we're wretched like you know, the dog that's biting at your hand, and he's still continuing to try to feed you, and you're snapping at his hand and biting. That's, that's the way Pastor Hank used to say it. It was a, a, a great illustration, you know. God is the hand that is feeding you, and we're the rabid dog that's snapping at that hand, and God just keeps coming. So his love is preemptive. He loves us, uh, and his love moves us this love that God has shown us, a preemptive love, it's not warranted by our conduct or our disposition, but it is given freely on account of who he is. Not on account of who you are, but on account of who he is. I mean, I suppose you could say, well, it's on, on account of who I am, a child of God, beloved of God. All people can say this. He loves because he yeah, ultimately, it goes back to God. It's because of who he is that he loves. Some people feel like they need to clean themselves up before they can come into church. No, you got it wrong. It's not You don't clean yourself up so you can come in here. This is the place where you get clean. This is the only place where you really get clean. Everything else is just works righteousness, crud. This is the place where you get clean. All right. <clears throat> And we now, because we are recipients of this love, we have it in us. We now are equipped to love in this truest sense of what it means to love, not as the world defines love. The world's definition of love varies, and it's generally something that can be imitated. Um, I mean... You know, this is pointed out in the scriptures that even, even tax collectors love those who are for their own good, you know, for their benefit, you know. But this is a different kind of love. This is, remember, this is a reflection of God's love, which is preemptive, loving us when we were not lovable. And that's the kind of love that's inside of us. That's the kind of love that we're able to show others, loving them when they're not quite lovable. <clears throat> The love of God is something that dwells inside of us, and we don't have to look at it and imitate it because it's in our Christian DNA. It's, it's a part of who we are. We desire this, uh, to show this love toward others and especially toward one another. That's one of the reasons that we gather together as we are now for the mutual support and encouragement of each other. We express God's love to the world Because it is in us, not because we're called to love. We are. I mean, there's no question. Christians are called to love others, sure. That's not really what John is saying here. He's not saying, you you better get busy loving people because you're called to love. He's saying, you have love. You have it to share. And the world doesn't have this love. This is true love. The world doesn't have it because it's, it's not in us by nature. But you have it because God has it and God has given it to you. So you have this love. So you are free to love others, even when they're unlovable. The gospel doesn't demand that you give love. To others, The gospel is that in Christ, God has loved you. And he has loved you very specifically. He has loved you by giving his son, Jesus Christ, to be the propitiation for your sins. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are loved. In Christ, you are set free to love others. Not because you must, but because you can because that is who you are in Christ. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.